Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of Job. <clears throat> As one unemployed man got excited about, he, he uh, was going through the scripture, and he thought he had found a job by the book of Job. But uh, boy, was he, was he fooled when he started reading it. So, you know, the greatest comedian in the Word of God is Samson. He brought the house down, right? And you know what kind of man Boaz was before he was married? He was ruthless, right? We keep on going until we get a laugh. All right, Bible character that's a locksmith is Zacchaeus. And the Bible character that had no parents was Joshua, the son of Nun. And of course you know this probably, but the first baseball game was the big inning. And Eve stole first, Adam stole second, Cain struck out Abel. Think about that. And the giants and the angels were rained out. We'll leave it at that. Job, Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, if you would. We won't go through the whole book of Job, but we're talking about Job tonight, okay? Trusting in tribulation. And notice in Job chapter 1, verse 13, And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said that Chaldeans made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, and, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Sad story. Job is faced with tribulation and trial. You know, I don't know if you've ever come across this. There's many books been written about it. Uh, there's many things that uh, are asked, and one of the things that people ask, and maybe you've been asked this, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? The Bible tells us in Matthew 5, verse 45, it says uh, that the rain falls on both the just and the unjust. And we think about it, when the rain does fall, it falls upon all of us. Um, you're living your life right, you're living your life wrong, you're saved, you're unsaved, the rain's falling on you. No matter what, it's still hitting you. You're still going to get wet. Um, and so the, the Bible talks about these things. And, 
You know, in our heads we know this to be true, but what about in our hearts? It's kind of somewhat of a different expectation, isn't there? At times we think that, man, if I live right, then there's going to be things that happen that are going to be right to me. I mean, blessings come from obedience, and Andrew Murray wrote a book on that. Um, and if we're doing right, then everything will be right. That's not the case. That's not necessarily the case. And, and you listen to Job, and, and actually Job chapter 23, maybe you'd turn over there with me if you would. Look at what Job has to say about this in Job chapter 23. Some of the things we just read are things that took place in Job's life that became very difficult things for him. You're familiar with the book of Job. You're familiar with some of the things, and we'll, we'll touch on these things tonight just briefly. But Job chapter 23 and verse 8, it says this. It says, Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. Who's he talking about? He's talking about how he feels about the Lord. And how he feels about, almost as if, where is God right now with my struggle? And, and he's arguing his case, and, and he's putting it before God. And notice what he says, and he talks about God as he continues. He says, uh, but he knoweth the way that I take, verse 10, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. What a great desire. My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept, and not declined. Can you say that? This is a testimony. This is quite the testimony here. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. That hurts. Ouch. Think about that. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. When we get hungry, we, have no, we, we find ways to find food. But this is talking about I have esteemed the words of His mouth, and I have kept the commandments of His lips. And so the Word of God, the importance of the testimony of, of this. The testimony of Job, quite the testimony. Really, you could say he was a great man. He was. Um, so much we can learn from the life of Job. J. Sidlow Baxter said, the theme of Job is blessing through suffering. And James chapter 5, verse 11, it says, you've heard of the patience of Job. New Testament, referencing back to the Old Testament, and stating and showing the importance of Job's patience and Job's testimony. Alfred Erdesheim says, We cannot understand the meaning of many trials. God does not explain them. To explain a trial would be to destroy its object, which is that of calling forth simple faith and implicit obedience. What a testimony that Job had. You know, one man said, we ought to live a life that when we get to our funeral, it's in such a way the pastor can tell the truth about us. I'm doing a funeral Saturday, the Blythe, Stephen Blythe. To be honest, I don't know much about him. I'm learning about him. And I've, I've talked with the family, I've talked with his wife, and I'll meet the rest of the family and friends on Saturday. I can only talk about him to the degree that I know him or that I hear about him. It's, it's, it's his testimony. Thirteen years married to his wife. You know, um, her testimony of him, 
the son's testimony of their dad, the testimony of other friends, other people. Obviously, Floss, it's her nephew. So she, she has a take on him. The wife has a take on him. The friends have a take on him. The sons have a take on him. And some of those are similar takes. Some of those might be different takes and, and different things, but it's, it's his testimony. Live your life in such a way, one person said, that your family would not be ashamed to sell your parrot to the town gossip. Something to think about. A.W. Tozer said, we may be known by the following, what we want most, what we think about most, how we use our money, what we do with our leisure time, the friends or the company that we enjoy, and who and what we admire. And then get this, please. Listen to this, please. What we laugh at. What we laugh at. You know, I've worked secular, I've worked ministry. There's been different experiences at different times. And oftentimes in secular, you get the dirty jokes. You get the things that, that you're around and, and you don't necessarily want to be around them, but sometimes you, you can't help but be around them because everyone else is around you or it's lunchtime and you're at the same table or you have to make some decisions. And sometimes, you know, the best thing to do is to not laugh at that joke or to find yourself maybe in a different spot or maybe have they seen you praying before you eat and they know that you're a Christian. You know, there's things that, um, how you respond, you know, um, finding yourselves in different situations. And so, testimony of Job, well, Job chapter 1, verse 1, if we go back there, if you would, Job chapter 1, verse 1, this is Job's testimony, and you know it. You probably have this verse memorized because it starts off the book of Job. But this is important that we see this testimony. I want to encourage you tonight that you and I can have this testimony. And I, I pray we don't have to go through some things like Job did. You know, goodness. Um, and there's, there's times that um, maybe we can try to relate. But I don't, I don't know how any of us can relate to, to the degree. And I don't want to. And I don't think you want to. Um, to the degree that Job went through things. But Job is, is quite the testimony for us because... We can really, when I find myself in the book of Job, I, I find that, that he has went through so much more than I'll ever go through. And it's almost as if, you know, it's, it's if I may, and, I hope, and please understand what I'm saying, but, it, you know, Christ went through so much suffering, and then in my mind, the second person I think of is Job. As the next person, almost they went through the most suffering after Christ. And I don't know if that's correctly, correct, but um, that's, that's just how my mind works with it. Verse 1, it says this, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright. If you look at both of those words, perfect and upright, you'll find in Strong's lexicon that it's actually the same. It's really just this. It's simply this, living a life based upon upright decisions. Now I want to ask you a question as we start off here tonight, um, and as we're talking about this. Is there a difference between living upright before the world and living upright before God? Is there a difference? Anybody? There is. Right. So how do we know if we're being upright before the world or we're being upright before God? Can both those be accomplished? What are we, what are we looking to? What are, what are we looking for in these things? Um, so upright before the world. Where, where's that standard? Where do we find ourselves in, in that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So upright before the world. It can take place, Right but how does it automatically take place? How can we be upright before the world? 
Just be upright before God. Be upright before God and upright before the world take place. Right? So, if we have the uprightness before God, Dr. Bob Jones Sr., you might know this, but he was known for this statement. Do right, do right, do right till the stars fall. And he, kept, he would keep on saying that throughout his years of ministry. And Job was a man who did right. You know, the most powerful thing about Job's life was a, that he lived a life of righteousness and his testimony was actually given, get this, by God Himself. This is God's Word. This is God saying Job was a perfect and upright man. By the way, God knows your testimony. God knows my testimony. And it really doesn't matter as much whether, whether you think other people know your testimony. Just do your testimony for God alone. And by the way, God knows your testimony better than anybody. And so, when it all comes down to it, that's all that matters, is what God knows. And if you're living right before God, then the other things will settle themselves out. And uh, so, when, when you're having a right life before God, and God knows your testimony, you're having a testimony for God, then if your testimony is upright before God, you'll have respect for God. Okay, you'll have a fear of God. Look at, notice please it says in Job 1.1, this is Job, a man that is perfect, upright, and one that, what? Feared God. Feared God. I believe this is missing very much in our, in our, in our life. Majority of, not only, I'm not saying just in the world, I'm talking about even in Christians. I'm talking about in Christian, the Christian's life. When's the last time you, you heard a, a lot about the fear of God? You know, this used to be a thrust in, in, in back in the, what, what we say, the olden days, that you'd hear about the fear of God in our life, the fear of God, the fear of God, how important the fear of God is to be in our life, and the respect of God and His position. You know, Job had a holy respect for God. He understood and clearly stated that God was the creator of the universe. Um, there's, there's things, actually, I was looking at it in Job chapter, um, let's see, Job chapter 5, he talks about it in verse um, 9, it says, "...which doeth great things and unsearchable marvelous things without number." who giveth rain upon the earth, and sendeth waters upon the fields, to set up on high those that be low, that those which mourn may be exalted to safety. He knows who His Creator is. He knows who He has respect for. He knows that He's all-powerful, and that God created everything and anything, and that God could be trusted, and He was going to still trust Him no matter what came into His life. And what a testimony He had. And so God wants His creation to fear Him. Notice also in Job 1, just in Job 1.1, the next thing here, eschewed evil. These do go together. When you fear God, you're going to hate evil. You, you can't have one without the other. And so the Lord is, is saying this, and the Lord tells Job that he, he's a man who, yeah, you're a man who hates evil. And, and he's thankful for that. He's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this is the testimony of Job. This is Job. He's perfect and upright. He fears God, and he hates evil. Now, this is what I had to come to grips with as I was studying this and looking at this once again. This is only just the first verse of verse 1 of chapter 1. Where do I find myself in my testimony? Because God knows my testimony, right? He knows it already. He knows everything. He knows it. Is this the testimony that God would say is of Brother Tyler? Is this the testimony He would say is of you fill in your name, you put yourself in the blank, and so, is that the testimony? Not that, man, I want to make sure that, that that's what other people would think. No, what does God think? That's all that matters. Not what everyone else thinks, but what does God think about your testimony? If He were to write a verse, 
but I mean, we don't need any more. That we've got the whole entirety of the canon of Scripture. We've got all that we need. But if you were to write something about you, a testimony, a eulogy, if I may, you know, it's it's, it's now your funeral. Okay, what is your testimony? What is my testimony? Could this be stated? Perfect and upright. Fear God. Hate evil. God wants us to hate evil, not toy with it. The world wants us to play around with it. You know, to show off the toy, to go to the nursery and, and, and pick it up and, and you know, have the fake toy set. And it's the tools, and the kids think they're playing with the real thing. they got that plastic hammer going to town, you know, with the plastic nail. But it's not doing any good. We need the real, real deal, right? Um, and so, and they show off the toys, and, and they, you know, it's amazing how the toys, you know, always get argued about, and, and all these kind of things happen. That's the, the world wants us to toy with evil, but God wants us to hate it. Hate it. Ye that love the Lord hate evil, and deliver. And then it says, He preserveth the souls of His saints; He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Uh, God tells us we're in the world, but we're not to be of the world, right? First John, two. So testimony. Secondly, we know this about Job: the trials came. The trials. And the trials reveal the depth of the person's character and love to who they, they say they love. And so we, we say we love God, we're to hate evil, love not the world, right? Neither the things are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Um, let me give you an example of this, and this is kind of, if I may, somewhat similar to, if, if I can say this, maybe like a present day Job. Maybe you remember the Willis family. The Willis family. And the Willis family story, um, years ago it took place in 1994, to be exact. And Pastor Dwayne Scott Willis and his wife Janet dearly loved the nine children God had given them. But at mid-morning on November 8, 1994, a fiery explosion on I-94 in Milwaukee claimed the lives of their six youngest. Within hours, the freak accident had made national and international headlines. From behind guarded hospital doors came good news concerning Scott and Janet, that their physical recovery from first and second degree burns would be complete. But the most astonishing recovery became apparent as Scott and Janet displayed their emotional and spiritual stability. Milwaukee, the nation, and even the world looked on in amazement as eight days later, the bereaved couple explained to the media how they could make it through such a sudden and horrific tragedy. And the following statements are, things that they said in the news conference. First thing, our God, our praise. Psalm 34, this, this is coming from, from this man that lost his, his children. They're six out of nine. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. O oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Can you imagine? Janet and I want to praise and thank God. There's no question in our minds that God is good and we praise Him in all things. God is a great God. Went on to say, our trial, the accident. As far as the accident is concerned, I was looking at the road and was alert. Our little baby was behind us and Ben was behind us on the other side and in the back were the other four children. They were all buckled in. I saw the object, a metal brace. I thought it was one of those blocks that maybe came off a flatbed truck, but the car in front of me swerved and I knew I couldn't miss it. So I hit the object. I thought it took, if I took it on the tire, it might roll the car. It was a split-second decision. When we hit the object, the rear gas tank exploded, taking the car out of control. I was able to grip the wheel and take the car out of the slide. When we were sliding and the flames were coming out around the seat, it was a shock and a surprise. Like, what is this? 
It was just roaring flames coming up on both sides. I was yelling to get out of the car. Janet and I had to consciously put our hands to the flames to unbuckle the seatbelts and reach for the door handles. Janet fell out the door while the car was still moving. Benny was in the midst of the burning. His clothes were mostly burned off by the time he got out. The five youngest children who had been asleep died instantly. No sound was heard by Janet or me as we struggled to get out of the van. An unknown man took his shirt off his back to soak Benny's wounds, and another beat out the burning clothes on Janet's back. Benny died in intensive care around midnight. Our children, our pain. We believe children are a heritage of the Lord. This is still the same man speaking. We thank God for six precious children. Four rascally boys, a sweet girl, so much like her mother, and a little baby just beginning to smile and grow. We understood that they were given to the Lord, and we understood that they weren't ours. They were His, and we're stewards of those children. And so God took them back. He's the giver and taker of life. We must tell you that we heard in sorrow as you parents would for your children. The depth of pain is indescribable. The Bible expresses our feelings that we sorrow, but not as those which do not have hope. Lastly, our confidence, God's Word. What gives us our firm foundation for our hope is the Bible. The truth of God's Word assures us that Ben, Joe, Sam, Hank, Elizabeth, and Peter are in heaven with Jesus Christ. We know based upon the Word of God where they are. Our strength rests in the Word of God. The Bible is sure and gives us confidence. Everything God promises is true. You know, Satan was permitted by God to put Job through trials in some similar areas. A family trial, a financial trial, and a physical trial. But Job was triumphant. And I would say Pastor Willis and Janet were triumphant. Through the trial, they came forth as gold. And that's what we read tonight in, in the passage of Scripture here in Job 23. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he had tried me, when he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I wonder tonight, in closing, I wonder tonight, I don't know what the trial is that you're going through. You know, it's often been said, you're either going through a trial, you're going, into, you're going to go into a trial, or you're coming out of a trial. You might be right in, in the middle of a trial. So it's one of those three, and those three areas. But there's a testimony that we can have. I want this testimony. Like Job. Perfect and upright. Feared God. Hated evil. But you know what? Sometimes we don't really truly find out what our testimony is like until we go through the trial. And the trial is where we find out how much we really trust and who we're trusting in. And we find out if our trust is really in God and in His Word. But we're going to have a hard time as Daniel went to the lion's den because he had a trust in God before he went to the lion's den. We're going to have a hard time trusting God if we're not willing to put our trust in Him enough to just open up our Bible and allow it to open up us. And trust the Word of God and allow the Word of God to speak to us in such a way that, you know what, I'm going to change my life according to it not try to find what I can do and, 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 and then see, see what it, or excuse me, not, 
I'm going to change it according to what it says, not try to find something to match what I think. There's a big difference. And so, Christians today seem very ready to walk away from our faith when we just get mocked at work. When we're willing to just laugh at the joke. And so that's not much when we think about the Willis family. When we think about Job. But that's where it starts. And sometimes taking a stand is, is not as easy as, as we think. But Job had the, was a type of man that he had a wonderful testimony as he endured the trials. And I guess what I'm saying is, what I came to conclusion with is, we need some more grit. We need some more guts. We need, we need some more of getting back to God's glory. Back to God's people the most. Because it doesn't just happen that he was perfect and upright, that he feared God, that he hated evil. God knew that and still sent the trial. And still made it out on the trial, coming forth as gold. And still had that testimony coming out. And God blessed him, we know that. But man, it's so hard to go through that affliction and that pain and the financial struggle and the family trial and the and all the taken away, taken away, everything is taken away. If we're not careful, we look at so much of what's not, what we don't have and what's, what's taken away and not realize, man, I must not forget all those benefits. I need to do well to remember. Don't forget. In Deuteronomy 8, it says, don't forget, talking to Israel. In Psalms 103, it says the same thing. Don't forget your benefits. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Let's pray. Lord God, You've been so good to us. And Lord, yet You're still good to us when we're going through a hard time. And Lord, help us to not be so quick to complain and murmur. We think that's crazy of the Israelites, but we do the exact same thing today as Christians. So Lord, I pray that we will find ourselves... Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all benefits. May we bless You. May we praise You. No matter what comes our way. Whether we're going into the trial, or we're in the midst of the trial, or going out of the trial. I pray that we'll allow the Word of God to change us. Lord, not try to change things and make it say what we want it to say, but let it just speak to us in such a way that it opens us up. Wide open. Does surgery on us. So that we will conform to the image of Christ, not to the world. Be transformed, I pray. Please help this to be a help to someone tonight. It's been a help to me. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a good evening. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.